0: this work and find what i'm doing here and it really really matters uh, as small as that may seem so if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show i much appreciate it thank you for listening let's get into it peace peace thank you for your patience and uh steadfastness In the long delay between recording and release on this one here, you know, as always, take the best part for yourself. Peace, peace. I'm majestic, my brother. Justice Roger, man, how are you uh, doing today?
1: You know what? God, I'm positive, man. You know, uh, choosing peace. You know what I mean? And you know, there is something to be said for being uh, being grateful, being thankful for the position that you've put yourself in and the position that you find yourself in, um, in regard to even things we take for granted. Sometimes we talked about this, like, you know, there are places where there's a debate if the water is going to be warm, right? <laughs> like When you go to take the shower, mm-hmm. you know, there, there, there's some debates on that. Um, and you know, people, it's a 50 50 sometime for folks. Um, So while, you know, we continuously fight against systems and situations that harm people, I think, you know, kind of positionality also says kind of think about the relative privilege that you have, you know, um, to be able to make the change that you want for yourself and for others. And the ability just on, you know, this day of wisdom knowledge to be able to apply what you know, to be able to bring about what you want to see in your understanding. So, you know, uh, I'm positive, man. How about yourself?
0: I'm good. You know, I, I, I guess, you know, uh, might as well just get into the first thing to talk about also. Um, it's still a bit surreal. So uh, I may have said explicitly or may not have said explicitly in one of the prior podcasts this spring or, you know, since the beginning, since I decided to do this, but I, you know, I ran for school board in my community here um, in Oregon, in the beaver school district. Um, and the election was this week. And I won. Uh, I won. um um currently at 62.91% of the vote. Um, and it's a, um, you know, I've never run for office. Um, we talk about politics and political, you know, stuff, uh, here and, and running for office and service. And, you know, I, I ran because I, you know, live in, try and to live within my own values that this was a, a role that I've, I thought, and I still feel not that I'm in position to, to do it. <laughs> um, that I could serve, um, and that also, you know, what you have to go through to run for public office, that it was a, all right, a, a trade-off that I was ready to engage in, right, in an in, in an experience or a decision I was ready to engage in. Um, you know, the, 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 the surreal thing about it is that, like, you know, I, I wasn't sure what happens once, you know, once the vote happens, right, like, does somebody come by the house to, like, hand you like the a platinum plaque or something like you you know hand like, you a note <laughs> like hand you a note like you you're now the one like um but it uh it it is it has been quite an experience um the last you know couple months and I mean and I know you know about this but I think for the benefit of those listening um and then also I think for just some photographists for myself like the the process of deciding to run in, for for an office, um, you know, even in in um, you know, I, th- I think in some communities, your school board might not be as uh, you know, uh, I don't hotly contested or as as large of a voter pool as as mine is. You know, we're thirty at seven thousand folks voted so far in in our in my uh, district. I think it's
1: what percentage is that? Was that a pretty high percentage of the
0: available it's, vote? I it's a I see. I don't know if the the, the statewide turnout is twenty six and a half percent. I don't know okay. if this is uh, I'd have to look to double check. But I think that's around. I think it's like two hundred and seventy uh, voters in in approximately like in the in the school district map zone. Uh, area and yeah. so it's like a quarter practice, you know, which is for these type of elections usually is around what you could expect twenty three percent to twenty five percent is what I've been told Absolutely. by the experts. Um,
1: so you I mean, know, if you, anytime you get thirty seven thousand people voted out of two hundred seventy thousand, may just do you know the quick math. I mean, I think you know you got a good number. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah. uh Yeah. So um, you know, but it. The well, one thing I'll just say, just in case anybody that's listening happen to actually, you know, also vote. Thank you for voting for justice. I appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? One love. I see, see you while I'm doing, you know, doing the work in a doing bullshit. Months. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> school sitting stuff. On the po- sitting on the podium.
0: uh right. doing Robert's Rules of Order. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Robert's Rules of Order. Love Robert's Rules of Order. Lots lots of you know, motions and seconds. And, um, did I do it? I do do some seconds and motions. I've been watching all the meetings, and and, you know, I feel like I also, you know, other places I show up in my life professionally, it's it's like it seems to be different rules, (laughs) or at least a lot more of them. Like they're like, you know, I need a second on the thing, and a third on the first, and you know, like you sit and listen to enough state uh, state legislative like uh, Mm -hmm. committee meetings, and like they got to do stuff like. We got bills. Got to pass the thing. Can I get a vote in second? Second on the thing. You know, what I mean, it's almost like auctioneer because they might have a bunch of them to, to smash through to get through. Here we do a hearing, and then it works out, and then they'll do a vote. Um, hmm. which is not I don't know if that's always the uh the same in the um,
1: process. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, you know, in other places, but uh, here that's the way that it always goes. And so, like when you're um, you know, any event that's that's you know where i get off in the weeds i didn't say it's been very interesting you know and here's the, i just want to share then like you know you give me any, any, your thoughts on these but like you know the first thing that that comes to mind that i kind of learned in this process is that like your your own kind of reputation and relationship um to people right and people because you know you got to do um the first thing you got to decide you're gonna do it right and then you got to get like the like structural stuff you got like get a bank account and create a political action committee and all that stuff, which is more like paperwork type stuff. But the other thing is, you know, you need to actually talk to some people and go like, you know, does anyone that's already elected or at least that could help me with the process think I'm a a good person to do this, (laughs) right? Um, Which is, you know, I think you, you could maybe assume that, you know, since we live in a representative democracy, you just, you know, you just sign up and then you go run, which you can do. But like at some point, if you're going to be successful, you're going to need help from people that have already done this. So you're not wasting time doing stuff that, you know, isn't really going to help you win. But also, you know, people and institutions, you know, some, you know, are the bridge for other people to get to know you because it's not a lot. It's not easy to get to know somebody that's running for office. Um, so that whole part of like calling different elected, some I've, some I've known, some I may have known, you know, at a distance. You know, may have you know, at least had an interaction or two with, but I, you know, I don't know them. Like we hadn't, like kids didn't play soccer together, that kind of stuff, right? So you got to go out, you know, talk to people and you know, see if they will support you. Um, and then the process of starting to raise money, which you know, I'm still learning, like how to to feel comfortable asking people, like yeah, and then could you donate, uh, you know, and 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 then asking in a way where they it's you know I mean say, I guess we call it a donation but it's you know it's not like a I guess it's do- it's a donation it's just not tax deductible <laughs> yeah yeah um, and then the um, the uh, process of actually doing all the things you got to do to run it's you know it it's a daunting experience you know you know people ask you very personal questions you got to decide who to talk to who not to talk to Uh um, you know and um you know i think the i don't know if I, I made clear points but so the first one was it was very challenging to go around and like ask people to endorse me because it's very personal then talk to all these different organizations and get them to endorse me and then decide for my own self make sure i knew why i was running right you know what you know, how well could I speak to, you know, my values and, you know, what I wanted to do here. And then, you know, just a very surreal thing that at some point, you know, at least as of the count of right now, at least 23,000 people said, Justice, you're our guy. <laughs> you know, in the abstract, it might be, you know, in life, it's not a lot of times you get validated by about like your decision to do something, but you run for office. People actually got to write, you got to fill in the little circles, you know what I'm saying? Or at least in Oregon, I don't know, you know, other states. Here, you got to get a ballot at the crib and you fill in the circles and you drop it off. I know other places you got to hit the levers or you push the button on the screen or whatever. Um, but, you know, at some point, I you know, I'm, I'm processing, you know, like, emotionally, like, wow, at least 20,000 people said, Justice, we trust you. And when you go in there and you're in the room making decisions and you know reading reports and asking questions, You know, there's a certified body of folks who said we think you're the best person, you know, to do the job. These of those we had the opportunity to consider. So.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, first, man, congratulations, uh, my brother. Just. For for doing it, um, for making that decision to, you know. Implicit and explicit in, you know, our values is the idea of service, right? Service to humanity, service to your your family, service to your community, service to your people, service to humanity, right? And so you have that, and that's that's an implicit and explicit thing. That play can play out different ways, though. It can play out in a very individualistic way if you choose it to, or it can come out in a very kind of uh, broader communal way. And I think when You know, you decide to run for an office and say you're going to be in service to a position um, and you have identified that you think you are the best person to do that thing. Right. Uh, And there's something to your point, there's something to be said when you have come to that conclusion Mm -hmm. and when you ask others to align themselves to that same idea and conclusion. um, You know, that 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 is really living out the values of saying, like, I'm going to get off of the side. You know, I'm going to get off of, you know, uh, the bench, if you will, Mm. and get in the game or become the man or woman in the arena. That is actually going to activate ideas in order to advance things I think are important. So, you know, I want to congratulate you for that, because in this time we've become, you know, our society is filled with people who have perspectives on things um, on how they think things should be. And they may or may not be participatory in the process of making those things real. Um, so you know, for those that choose to do that, uh, there's something to be said. And and, you know, in when winning or losing, uh, there's mm-hmm. something to be said in that. Uh the other thing I think um is, you know, you know, black men particularly have a challenge with fundraising. And it, you know. Uh, when I went through a program long ago um, around people running for office, it was a program for folks that would run for office. And I never had the interest. I wanted to understand the mechanics. Mm-hmm. And they talked about how, like, as a black man, you have to get over that. And you find that not only in government politics, you also find it even in business where, you know, in our communities, there's there's something there where it's like when you ask something, ask someone for something, you then become automatically leveraged mm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because you asked them for something, right? Oh man, let me get let me get $50. Man, remember you owe me, you owe me $50. Remember, you asked me about that. <laughs> I gave you $50. And I didn't even have it, right? So as black <laughs> men, we end up being like, we don't ask nobody who's gonna try to over-leverage us for support. So you have to actually get out of that mindset and understand that what you are doing is asking them to give to you to further good government in a society we want to see yeah not you personally and that's a big thing when you can separate the idea of you personally versus you universally right i'm i'm, I'm asking you to give to me as part of something that to me obviously because i'm asking you to do it for me but it's actually bigger as well
0: yeah yeah and that is definitely one of the things um that that in my just my like i said nascent notes so far is sort of the like that you know the money that folks are contributing to you and, and something actually my campaign manager shout out to shiny, um uh, you know like I I, I kind of like ran things myself getting it together and then like the last five weeks or so brought spy to help me kind of like because I you know I was I was, I was just gonna say it, I was freaking out a little bit because I was I was like I gotta do a bunch of stuff I'm not 100 percent sure how to do all this stuff and it would be great if someone could help me so that I can. Um, I can focus my mind on other parts of this and I can trust others, but one, the um, accepting the idea that actually people, people believe in you and they want to, they want you to be successful because they see you as someone that can do something good. Right. Um, You know, at least, you know, at least that's, you know, maybe some people might have other orientations to politics, but that's mine. (laughs) They're just civic service is that people think that you can go and do, do works that will, be positive and impactful. So allow that to happen, (laughs) like make the space in your own mind that you can trust that people want to, you know, support you. People want to promote you. um, And then people want to make sure you get there so that you could be successful, but also you being successful means that our society is like successful, (laughs) you know, which is like, you know, okay. Um, It's a pretty
1: lofty. I mean, when you separate it from the stuff that's in the trenches and, and the horse shit that we see, but the idea of it is actually, you know, pretty pretty high minded.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, you know, probably at some point I'll have more thoughts on it. But it that's like it, it seems like one of those things that you know I shouldn't uh, I shouldn't uh, obscure from, from the conversation. Is, it, is this, this our discussions are about sort of the experiential reality of, of being black men and our lives and relationships and living in America and everything else. That yeah, I'd like. I am now an elected, um, <laughs> uh, I'm a, an elected official. Um, I guess I don't. I don't take office until July, um, you know. But it's a, uh yeah. You know, I, I get. You know, I go to one. You're the and honorable, s- and they be like, now you get listen. <laughs> I'm I the get honorable." That. That does that come with the school board? I do you think get to be once honorable? you get elected, I think once
1: you once you win an elected official, like to, to once past this, I may be wrong, but I think like for example, city council people huh. are looked as honorable, but you won twenty three thousand votes. Like uh, that's cool. I, I'm I take sure that. if you look at council people or committee people, maybe they don't win as quite many as it is that particular number.
0: Uh, okay. Um, I'll take that. that that this is true.
1: You know, and I think it's important to note here, in, uh my Kanye voice, you know, everything is Justice Raji. Everything is Justice Raji. Everything is Justice Raji. But I mean, and you know, I you know say that um, somewhat unjust, but you know, the bigger picture again. God, congratulations for making yet another decision to actualize your values in the dimension of public service um and it is a part of us being black men and you know we see this there's this really interesting spectrum between everything is for public consumption or nothing's for public consumption Mm -hmm. and you know like i know that a lot of men in our orientations to black men you know it's like nothing's for public consumption (laughs) for a variety of reasons right (laughs) like nothing like my thing is over here. You could be doing a whole bunch of stuff and people like, yeah, I keep I keep it to myself. I just uh, I just yeah. do the work. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. And then you have kind of, I don't want to say now because there's always been people who have always been trying to get inside of the have the spotlight. But now you have a situation where people become known and get fame and actually become well paid from everything being seen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so finding that mix that makes sense for you. For every individual is important, but to actually project the common good and the, the public service, man, you to be uh you know, uh just just praise for that, you know what I mean? And to use another movie was, you know, a term, you know, you got the juice now, Jess.
0: You know what I mean? You got <laughs> the juice now, man. Absolutely. It's um yeah, so. You know, so, you know, more to be revealed and uh, definitely more to learn, um, especially once I actually, you know, start the job. You know what I'm saying? And, and just for the public record, when you serve uh, civically in your community, it is a job. You know what I'm saying? It's like a part, it's like getting a second job, you know, maybe part time, maybe almost a little close to full time, depending on what's happening and how much time and energy put into it. But, um, you know, the only other thing I definitely, before we move on to some other topics, I would want to say to others is, you know, depending, you know, whatever your your circumstance, situation, space is, consider, you know, serving on one of your local, you know, boards, commissions, you know, things, even if you're not in a in a big city or a big area, because those places do actually get to make a lot of decisions, but that impact the well being of, uh, you know, what's happening where you might be at. Um, you know, bigger places might be a little bit more work <laughs> versus smaller places. Um, but you know they if they got a library board they need somebody over there you know what i'm saying to check out what's happening you know what i mean and, and if it's elected you know that might be you you know what i mean so you know um and also i'm happy to chit chat with anybody that would like to um you know get get the more inside view like you know of what it feels and experience like I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't spilling all the beans right here right now so you know what I'm saying I say also I'm still processing because this just happened on Tuesday so it's still a little bit like oh wow I, I won you know what I mean so yeah um in transitions um something else happened <laughs> over the weekend um and we had discussed uh uh driving the and, and and flashing the gun and and behavior and some other things, and you know, over I guess over last weekend, another video surfaced of um, you know, this seemed like I mean, what basically looked like you know, getting hyped while taking a ride in the car, which if anyone that's been you know in their twenties riding with the, with your peoples, and you, and your you song come on, you know, if we had had phones and we was in the into it, it probably would have been a video floating around of us, you know, uh. I would say I was, so I was at a community event last night and uh, Queen Latifah was one of the speakers. And, and, and in my head, I kept saying straight out of Jersey, like, like Redman would say. And, but I, you know, and so then I thought started like reliving all of the, like the music of our, of our youth and, and being in the car and being excited because we was going somewhere to do something. If we was in a car, you know, we ain't always have access to cars, but when we did have them, <laughs> And we was riding and you'd be excited. And then and then and then the excitement for whatever reasons, Ja, this man looks and realized Ja got a gun in his hand <laughs> and tried to put the phone down. But the cat was already out the bag and and then and ensued a national debate around, you know, everything from you know, you know, the idea that he's going to be, you know, you know, he's suspended by his team, you know, da-da-da, all of the stuff but then also this larger debate around like, you know, what, what should be done here. And then, you know, some folks raising, I mean, what, what actually is the problem. Right. Um, and, and I think, I mean, I think I can articulate pretty clearly what I think the problem is, but I, I know other folks, you know, wanted to at least raise, you know, it's a little bit of, of what about you know what I'm saying? Of like, well, you know, what if it was a different context or there's other things, or just, you know, as Chris came in, you know, with his hunting guns and, and giant rifles and armor doing something with like heads headsets on and stuff, anyway, long story short we're we're back to talking about uh this young man's uh career the, his life quite frankly on on a national stage and um, so I guess I just want to tip the ball to you, you know what I'm saying, figuratively and like, what is your thoughts, you know, kind of on the resurfacing of the situation with with this young man,
1: yeah, man, um, you know i I um trying to process it a little differently this time. You know, um because in our communities because of the politics of scarcity, right? Mm-hmm. The politics of scarcity are such where we're like, man, if you get an opportunity to do something that someone else can't do, don't mess it up. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? And that is a really big thing in the black psyche, right? It's it's the politics of scarcity cuz so few of us get a chance to do the stuff we want to do, that if you do get a chance, every, you know, our perspective is you represent all of us and you get the opportunity that some of us don't get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then we look at you and say, if you were doing something that I wouldn't do, you're you're, you're a moron.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, but I had to step back from that concept because I have been a proponent of that in the past. Kind of uh, implicitly. Right like nothing nothing I never thought to myself that that's how I thought, but that is part of it mm-hmm. number one, this young man clearly is grappling with what it means for fame mm-hmm. he, He's having a challenge of what it means for fame, given who he is, the position he finds himself in. and you know, I'm gonna to get to this other point but here, but like, he necessarily wasn't the guy that from 10 years old knew that he was going to be probably the most famous American prospect in current basketball in, in professional Mm -hmm.
0: basketball. Yeah.
1: So going to that is something right. And I think there's something, there's a reason you don't see some of the European uh, players, even African players with some of these challenges, right? These, these are some distinctly and uniquely American challenges. Mm -hmm. And I ain't saying black challenges there are some distinctly American challenges. So he's grappling with something of fame, of fortune, of maybe unresolved anger issues, of, you know, what does it mean to have my life on TV 24-7, even if I'm putting my life on TV 24-7? And so I have to step back from this idea of, you're doing something. You're so dumb. You could lose a gazillion dollars. Because maybe there's an issue that goes beyond the politics of scarcity in this young man's life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let's start there versus the obvious: you black, you messing it up, <laughs> right? right? So that that's where where that's where I am with this situation. Yeah, like this. This I'm not on the you know, Second Amendment play. And the reason i do not know Second Amendment play, because if Ja Morant was an avid gun lover and, and Second Amendment guy, I would be with that. If that's what he was doing. Right. If he was a hunter, I would be with that. Black hunters and Black folks who deal with hunting, we have a long history of it. And yeah. I'm not talking about the politics of how you think about hunting, but there's a long history of it. Absolutely. So if that was the case, this is a decidedly urban case, which does not really reflect the lifestyle that John Morant prior to maybe something in the last one or two years has been engaging. Yeah. Right. So so that's that. The other thing is I was I was thinking about this. Remember in the 80s when the NBA had that period where it seemed like all the good players in the NBA were, like, flaming out, mm-hmm. like, Michael Ray Richardson, Chris
0: Washburn, yeah. like,
1: that kind of weird place in, like, 85 to 80, 84. Yeah,
0: cocaine was destroying
1: where, the NBA. Where cocaine, it just was, like, knocking these guys down, right? And then you get the generation of folks who, like, didn't kind of have that go on, right? The mm-hmm. NBA blows up. So you don't have that population. Then you get Iverson, right? And and not just Al, a set of folks around Al, Al and Iverson that we don't talk about no more, because they're not in the league. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With a set of bringing things coming from some spaces in our community. And, you know, there's articles written about Al, and, you know, it is what it is. Shout out yeah. to TGI Fridays on City Line Avenue. Because it is never a place in time where you had a basketball player that was so connected to one restaurant. <laughs> he would go every night. So shout out to Iverson for that. Um it made me realize the reason I'm giving this historical context at this point. It made me realize that, that LeBron James and Steph Curry are the outliers. They're not the exception. I mean, they're not the rule. Mm-hmm. Again, I can show you a whole bunch of guys that went from the pros. I mean went from high school to the pros, and the vast majority of them players flamed out. Yeah. Right? Mello, you know, shout out to Brother Carmelo. He has resuscitated his reputation. Mm-hmm. When he'll talk about the fact when he was hanging out with dudes in the street and David Stern came to him and said, we know all of everybody you be with and stop being with them right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. So my point about that is the, the thing that LeBron did to come in, never get jammed up. Steph Curry, you know, father being a pro player, but shit. So it was John, it was John Rance. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like the exception of just like the single minded understanding from the beginning of how they're functioning. A lot more of these guys find themselves with some challenges than don't. We're still having conversations about James Harden going to Vegas to party at night (laughs) before he comes in place, which probably had a lot to do with why Doc Rivers is no longer the coach of the Sixers. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's really what this made me think, man, that like what he's going through, again, is more obvious because we just got more cameras on. But these are the challenges of how these guys cope with fame. And they mm-hmm. cope with going from being the, a person that plays basketball well to supporting multiple families. Yeah. I think to myself, if, I, if you had me at 23 years of age and you put millions of dollars in my hand, how would I have conducted myself? And while I think I would have known not to have a gun on a screen, I'm sure there's a there's a host of other decisions I would have made that would have been crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's really what it is to me, man. The politics of scarcity, understanding how our people see the situation. But let's understand that the mental emotional stress, if stress burns out corporate guys every day. Right. Make that makes all kind of crazy mistakes. They make all kinds of mistakes of, of, you know, having consensual relationships at work, which you just can't have anymore. Right. But these Mm -hmm. people that make 10, 20, 30 million dollars a year do the same thing. They make decisions that do not reflect it. The difference is the politics of scarcity don't apply to them in many of our minds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The politics of scarcity for a young black man applies so deeply. That I think we might put a little more on it than it than it deserves, so
0: yeah it's the the interesting and the, and the only thing in the um like the even in the like second wave of this conversation that you know listening to you know a couple different you know commentators and that stuff, and kind of raising like it, it is a salient issue to inquire like like that ultimately like. Can we all talk about what we're seeing and why we're worried? Like why we're responding negatively? Cause right, like you could make the like um uh I mean ultimately to me, like this the like the subtext of all this is sort of like this potential, you know, marketing face of the league looking like uh for sure a percentage of the viewing audiences like perceived fear. You know, of black men in a public space. Like, um, you know, I don't I don't think that the visual goes to just like, oh I man, look at the irresponsibility of, of how he's using that that firearm. It goes to he has a firearm, there go, ergo, therefore, i.e., whatever, you know, um, you know, equivalent word or connecting concept you want to use there, he is dangerous, right? even if you're in a state that right now has like, no, you know, we, we we were just dealing with, you know, the expulsion of, of members due to, um you know, recent, you know, related to gun use, gun control, gun laws. Right. So the, like, I experience it from the lens of someone who's worked with young men that were involved in various things and making transitions and coming home from facilities and, other things where, like, if a video like this surfaced of one of my guys when I was doing that work, our question would be to him, you know, would be, I mean, like, you know, you know, one, you, you, your PO already seen it. <laughs> and so you're going to need to go speak to that man and, and work that exactly. out. You know what I'm saying? Because right. even if they can't, you know, they probably can't, I don't, you know, I don't know the legalities of it. They probably can't charge you with, you know, fell into possession of a weapon if you ain't have the weapon when they you know I don't know how that works but something gonna happen and and then but then the deeper question is like what what's happening with you that this is you know what's what you're broadcasting right and it's a it becomes like I think a really icky weird national conversation which goes like basically well the big problem is you're you're harming the brand because you're associating the brand with driving around with a pistol in your hand right so which like it seems, I don't know. At least to me, it feels sort of like, oh, this is this is a icky ass conversation to have. To go like the NBA, uh, all of the people that's on the jerseys, you know, uh, the snack sneaker your, your sneaker deal, and that at some point, for I I think I think for some people, it's it looks really bad. Um, it looks like you're associating with you know, what we may assume it looks like when folks are involved in other types of activities in, in, in communities and in neighborhoods and in streets when they're driving around with guns. Um I look at it from a just like I'm worried about something bad happening to you because you 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 know it, I mean one, it's firearm. I can't I can't separate cognitively that if a firearm is out, that it's not going to do firearm things which is, you know, especially handguns are primarily designed to, like, shoot people. You know, they're
1: not... And there is... No, I think there is a very real thing here that we have to say. You know, I think we we, we try to make sure we get the systems level thinking. But as black men, there's also a very real thing here. Like, you're riding around with a pistol. So, and not you, not the guy behind you, to be very honest <laughs> right, not the you know not the four guys with you who should have frankly who should have been trained and already trained as security guards, but what's going on with you riding around with a pistol right right like I mean that's a real thing like where are you where are you going to be at that you personally feel like you need to have a pistol not security who may have an automatic machine gun on. It. Because right? we're not talking we're not talking about the presence of firearms, right? Right. When you see any famous person, the people with them are strapped down.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, there's vests. there's stuff going on, there's there's a there's, uh, there's art, there's body armor, there's microphones and headsets. Yeah, all talkies
1: you guys got all kinds of stuff on them. So, let's be real, it's not about the presence of a of a weapon. It is about wearing your mind is this something that you you need to be? Then you need to be the leader of that mission. Mm -hmm. Not to have organized security as your friends to be the leader of that mission. So, I mean, you know, again, I want to think systems level, but as a black man, as a father of uh, black boys, there is a very real, you know, do you understand what comes with this conversation?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And are you prepared for what, comes with this yeah and, and so like I, i'm I'm there on one point and then the other one in which i think creates a very like from a systems level again like how do you engage um and particularly when you think about it and i'm gonna try to see there's a way i can make this analogy so you have an nba player you have a person with a highly unique position um economic position and leverage in what they do right so so how do you engage that person and and try to use you know whatever other levers of, of 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 connection to say we need we as the people who i guess are almost like your business partners don't trust your your, your judgment seems to be a risk To this business we're in together, I think. I think I'm. I think I'm getting there, right? Where let's say you were the, you know, well, well, let's do this because everyone loves these wonderkin, supposedly super smart tech people, and they turn out to be frauds sometimes. But you know, you you the the dude just you know the the crypto dude, and you're 20, you know, he's a little bit older than Giles, 29, 27. You know, not that much older in the the grand scheme of things, right? And you are engaging in behavior that the people who have put millions of Billions of venture capital dollars into your thing goes, hey, man, what you getting into over there? Because we have billions of dollars attached to you, right? We don't typically talk about basketball players that way. But in a sense, like that is the like to me, that's the subtext under this is this. Person who then represents like kind of an investment in what's going to happen with, with NBA basketball. And then by proxy, everybody that needs live sports to make money and to do stuff doing things that make us worried that e- either he won't be around because something bad's going to happen to him or people will be negative on him because of what they see, how they perceive what they've seen him doing. And so then we're trying to like, find some sort of way to like make him do different things. Right. Um, and it, it, it puts, I think, you know, us in this other, like, like relief and something that I always think about with, like, even I've said this on this before, like when, when the same behavior is happening with someone who we don't think has as much promise, we're upset by it, but we don't feel, I guess, I, you know, I think even tiny, like you're, you're just the scarcity, <laughs> I was scared, like we don't, we don't go. We don't maybe feel like I don't know. Like we need we we need to have as the same type of a clarion call for accountability or change or whatever. Um, with that, in, or at least not people in mass. I used to work no, in the world where, where no, other people we put them are on the doing slag that. Heap. Yeah, we kind of go like, oh man, you, hope, hope we don't hear about you know fill in the blank. <laughs> it's part <laughs> of the, I, we charge it as part of the game, man.
1: And and, and listen, I wonder. I didn't think you should be honest. To a certain population, we say it's part of the game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's really not part of the game for nobody. Right. But we'll say it's part of the game. The politics of scarcity and, yes, if you willingly entered into a contract to sell, sell shoes with slash for someone, if you willingly entered into a contract, those contracts all say, you know, at the very, very fine print that your your, you know, your endorsements can be rescinded. Mm-hmm. For matters of personal, you know, behavior. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, clearly, this is this is implicit and explicit in the, the the you know the agreement you made with these people. And yes, does you know the fact that again you are the kind of best born in America prospect currently in basketball have an impact on it? Yes. Right? Because no one's going out to go get the uh the Greek freaks shoots. Mm-hmm. No one's running to get the Jokic twenty fours. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's cold. Like nobody's running to get the Embiid's. Like seriously. Yeah, no,
0: they're not.
1: They're, so these guys, these you know, international players who are now the four, or the five best players in the league, and and Ja, I think, he has to be very careful before he finds his his role in the pantheon of basketball fall somewhat precipitously and not because of his challenges off the court.
0: Yeah. Just because of being good at basketball. Like,
1: yeah. And the thing is the way he plays, it, it ain't forever.
0: Oh uh, yeah. No, he's going to stop all that. That, uh, reckless abandon that, stuff. He ain't going to make
1: Yeah. It. That, that jumping over people and all that. So I really do again, like, uh, you know, there, there is this idea of, and I I, I'm going to go back to LeBron and Steph Curry because I think they both in some ways have set this precedent of how I think a lot of people think (laughs) rich basketball players should act (laughs) right and that ain't a spectrum Mm -hmm. just like I was using my point about like uh you know executives in in corporate finance like Hey, you get caught having a relationship, even though it could be consensual. You get caught in a relationship when people tell you you can't do that, and you don't tell the board, like, but you yeah. keep doing it. Yeah. Got there's it, there's yeah. a compulsory there's a compulsory behavior there that's set up with power. Mm-hmm. And I think we should also acknowledge job ja Morant has a some part of compulsion to behavior because of perceptions of power. Yeah. Just like in the street, people have certain behaviors because of perception of power. Absolutely. And I think the, his mental and emotional health is the bigger thing here. Um he'll take a seat. Cause I while I don't I, I'm gonna be a little bit hyperbolic. It's just not really my you know usual way of doing things. I kind of think they're going to socket to jaw on a level like the malice at the palace. Yeah, I, I think so. I think. I think they're going to. Make a point here, yeah. Whenever you see, you know, discipline like at the Malice in the Palace, and I'm sure you'll put some in the notes for so folks to be able to go watch the documentary yeah. on the Malice in the Palace. Um, for what happened, it was these fights are getting out of hand. None of you want the punishment of what is coming your way, yeah. And David Stern was was clear about that yeah i think adam silver it's also clear about it and i think he will get the response of like all of you who think that this may not be punished you have another thing coming
0: yeah yeah and it's you know and where we're looking at time i think you know we'll just just wrap on this topic and i think there's something though to in an age where we share so much. Right, and then if you are someone like a, a public figure, like a like a basketball player, even if you're not a, a a popular basketball player, you probably all basketball players have some level of like. Check out my Instagram. Here's me, you know, buying suits, or whatever. You know, like you 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 know, you're a rotation dude, but you still you know you're still an NBA player, right? You still you know, I mean, I guess uh, especially you're still the NBA one of the best
1: 500 or so players in
0: there, right? And on Earth, you know what I'm saying, right? So to kind of go hey y'all just in case you <laughs> you think you can do whatever you want to do on your social media um you know what i'm saying like we we your your business partners and that's that's just as air quotes partners want to have a say in or at least when something is out of bounds that we're going to talk about hey man this is out of bounds you know what i'm saying and um you know the um you know, as always, I just hope the overall level of concern is also about, like, the, the health and well-being of the of the young man <laughs> that we're talking about and not just the circumstances around the young man and people finding that challenge. And um, it's, uh, yeah, um, that's all. I mean, um, I mean, we could stay real brief. I don't want to take too much time, you know what I'm saying, add on. We can make on uh, Jim Brown past uh, just the, the day before. And I don't have a a whole bunch to say about it, but, you know, you should look up Jim Brown and, um, you know, I mean, from the uh, his impact on professional football, his impact as a as an athlete, you know, activist. Some also, you know, Jim, Jim, like some others from that age, got and not just that age, from a lot of ages, got some other some other marks on the record in terms of, um, you know, his treatment of women. You know, also some recent political decisions, especially the last ten years, kind of you know a lot of, as I call a uh, uh, older black man individualism. Absolutely, <laughs> in politics,
1: in politics. Well, you, you can find you can find it. You can find it every barber shop in America. If you wanted, i just say that I think we can give him his time and, and give him like what he's he's owed. Yeah, but I will say for people, you know, and this is I'm gonna say this, this is for younger people and this is for non black people. This also relates to like non-brown folks, I'm sure, because the brown folks also have their the politics of their some of their older uncles and teals and everything. If you want to find out what is driving older black men to say certain stuff, go to a barbershop. Cause there is a set of fears and ideas that pervade mm-hmm. the decision making. And I think Jim Brown and others that we've discussed before are often represent representative yeah. of those sets of things. Um, again, th- that doesn't give it a pass. It just means like anything, we will kind of want to get to the source of it. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that, that, that will, again, it's all part of the conversation about black men and kind of how we show up. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, We'll return to it. But um with that, I mean, you got anything else you want to add on? Bro? Everything
1: is just as Raji, y'all. So just so y'all remember, <laughs> you take nothing else from this, uh from this show this week, everything is just as Raji. <laughs> so in my Kanye voice. So again, God, congratulations, man. And um the the young people, the, the children are the greatest and the young people of Beaverton, um, you know, I think are gonna be better off that you're that you're explicitly in their service around the uh the running of the the school uh, school district.
0: All right, well, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, so with that, I say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, i majestic. I'm going to keep the outro super brief because, as I stated earlier, this is a super late release. But please, thank you for listening and supporting. You know the deal. Rate, subscribe, share wherever you do your thing at, and um. You, know, you can always support the podcast by Heading to the Etsy shop, buy a sweatshirt Buy a t-shirt, just head to the Ash Head website, buy a sweatshirt There, it's even better Eventually the whole shop's gonna be moved over there So look for that in the, you know, through the summer Through the sprawl um, Yeah man, you know, thanks for supporting You know, and keeping my little baby creative channel Open um, as I try to get My life right um, amidst My new responsibilities, but In any event, I appreciate you for listening And I hope it was useful and uh, productive for you. Peace.